0: Hello, this is Peter Jonathan Robertson with the 30th episode of the PJ Archive. It's a phone interview I did with the wonderful Linda Ronstadt, the American rock, pop and country artist who's also done light opera and traditional Mexican music. This interview was in 1999, when Linda was promoting an album she'd made with Emmylou Harris, entitled Western Wall the two song sessions hello hello there congratulations on this album it's excellent oh
1: i'm so glad you like it
0: no dolly parton this time
1: no you know this actually was a record that we started emmy and i were starting to to get a song list and conversations about how we were going to do it about a year before we started the last trio record about six years ago in fact loving the highwayman was a song that we were considering and then you know while we were discussing doing our duet record we thought well because we'll, it's really hard to get the three of us together i mean it's hard enough to get two careers together but three was just impossible right and you know dolly was doing this and she was doing that and she was doing a lot of things so and emmy and i had wanted to do a record together for years so we thought but we thought we'd call her and see if she wanted to come sing some harmonies on something and when we did she said oh you know i've got some time let's why don't we try to do a trio record." So we actually sidelined this project so that we could do that. And again, "Loving the highwayman was a song that we considered as the trio, but it didn't. You know, it's not like the right song for that sound. Oh, it, well, anyway, so we just the, what we can do is on the, on the trio. Uh, what we can do as the trio is we can we we share a love of traditional music, and so there's a kind of an Appalachian three-part harmony style that we lo- that we use that I just love. I just think it's a thrilling sound. But it's it's so we have to do everything just like that. But with this record, since we we're not we're not limited by that, and there are a lot of kinds of songs that we can do with the shared sensibility that Emmy and I have that we don't is not a shared sensibility the three of us, you know.
0: I notice you get sort of billing above Emmy Lou. Is that something you insisted upon?
1: No, I don't think I do. Where on on, where? on the album that, cover
0: it says by Linda Ronstadt and Emily Lou Harris rather than Emily Lou Harris and Linda. R- I just wondered if there's any reason for it.
1: I had nothing to do with that but I, I think that the way we did it on the trio record was that we who whose ever name went first the time before then the next person's name went first That's you know nice. so I mean I don't think there was any conscious I think both of our names are on there clearly legible absolutely the same size I yeah mean, so we, we always did it I mean we thought I mean, I suppose if we made a second record, we would reverse it. I, I didn't know that it was that way.
0: You've done quite a few cover versions by fantastic artists. You've done quite a few cover cover versions over the years of great songs. Um, a lot of people are surprised you don't write more songs yourself. Why is that?
1: Well, I don't wire my, my house either when I need an electrician, and I don't, you know, do the plumbing, and <laughs> and I don't paint paint pictures. A lot of things I don't do. Um, it's, re- it's always been odd to me that in the second 50 years they consider that a cover version. In the first 50 years of pop music, that... You know, Ella Fitzgerald would record a song by Ira Gershwin, and then Frank Sinatra would record a song by the same song by Ira Gershwin, and then Rosemary Clooney would record it, and no one said, gee, you're doing a cover version of Ira Gershwin's song. I think that the test of, of a well-written song is that it can be interpreted by a lot of different artists, and I think one of the failings of popular songs in the second 50 years of this century is that the songs are not as well-written as the first 50 years, and they don't survive interpretation by a lot of different artists because they really aren't very well written songs they're more just kind of records
0: you've worked with so many fantastic artists i mean how easy is it for you to get become friends with them genuine friends
1: well in emmy's case it was easy as pie (laughs) we first time we met we knew we were going to be friends i mean actually chris hillman told us a year before we met, that we were going to be friends. He said, I can't wait to get the two of you together. You're really going to like each other. I was very eager to meet her, and when I first saw her singing, I was with Neil Young. We were in Texas. Neil and I were working someplace together, and we went over to see Emmy, who was working someplace else, and um, and we were just knocked out, you know. So that, that began a long musical friendship that Neil and I had already begun, and that include, then included Emmy over the years. You know, it's just... Um, I mean there are people that I admire musically that I don't think I'd want to be friends with, but when it it happens to be both things, it's really a wonderful thing and Emmy and I have a share have shared a love of 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 music that's rooted in tradition and a love of musicians who can play their instruments very, very well in the in the living room you know that don't rely on banks of amplifiers and tons of technology in the studio I mean if it, if you can't get your guitar out or you know your fiddle or whatever it is and do it in the living room and make it speak and make it sound good it's just usually not something we're very interested in is,
0: is it so, fair t- sorry Linda, oh, go ahead. Is, is it fair to say that your big break came with different drum mm,
1: I don't know I mean. I think my big break came when I got to leave pop music altogether and go sing, you know, Mexican music and American jazz standards, you know. So right. I, I got to really sing. I don't know what I don't know about that stuff. I I left home in Tucson and I I went to California because I wanted to sing, not because I wanted to become a star. You know, <laughs> in those days, in the early '60s, it wasn't. You know, I didn't rock yeah. and roll wasn't considered quite nice. You know, it wasn't. I remember thinking, gee, if I sing rock and roll, I have to sing in those weird places they play it in. You know, so. It's not... Music was what I was pursuing. It wasn't really a career. I mean, I have to say. that I knew I would always sing. I didn't know if that's how I was going to earn my living.
0: I think I'm right in saying you once toured with The Doors.
1: I did, yeah. What was Jim
0: Morrison like? Drunk. (laughs) All the time? All the time. Oh, God. Did you like him?
1: Not particularly.
0: All right. Okay. And you worked with the Eagles before they were famous, didn't you? Yes. Really? Do you think you helped discover them in some way?
1: I think that I helped put them together, but I, I think that, you know, I, well, what happened was that I was working in a band with Bernie. I was at the Troubadour, and I heard Don Henley play in a band called Shiloh, and they were playing a song that they learned off one of my records. And they had the arrangement exactly, so I hired him and his bass player because I had a tour to do, and I, I thought, well, they already know the, you know, you they already know how to play it. But anyway, I hired their bass player and their guitar player and their drummer, yeah. and then, and Bernie, and then, and then, Ber- and then we went back out on the, and then we did tr- something, and then we went back out on the road again, and Bernie, I introduced Bernie to, uh, we John Boyle, my manager at the time, introduced Bernie to Randy Meisner, and I introduced him to Glenn Fry. Mm-hmm. I introduced Bernie to Glenn Fry and I hired Glenn, and, when they were out on the road and they started Glenn found found out that Don could sing. Yeah. So they decided to form to form a band. They decided to form a band based on the fact that I'd already put them together. We were on the road and then it worked out really well because of the fact that I knew it would take them about a year to get a record deal and, yeah. and start working on their own. So it kept them together as a band but with money in their pockets and it also gave me a band to tour with for a year. So it was a really good situation. It worked out well for all of us.
0: When are you going to tour the UK again?
1: Probably never. I, I just don't mean to ever tour anymore. Really? You know, I, I've stopped touring really five, five uh, six years ago.
0: Your parents are Mexican-German, aren't they?
1: My my father's Mexican-German. Yeah. My mother My mother is uh, Dutch, mainly.
0: Do you still have relatives in Europe?
1: I ran into a Ronstadt relative in, in Europe, a, du- a Dutch relative who was from the German side of my family. Um, and I, I'm, I know that we're from the same part of Germany but and I have a, a British relatives there my my grandmother was a Dalton so my great great grandfather came from London but but I don't know them very much
0: you originally sung with your brother and sister didn't you
1: yes uh-huh.
0: what happened yes. to their careers
1: well they neither one of them, my mo- they both were parents they both are married and they didn't want to, uh, to have a, that kind of a professional life going on the road and traveling my brother became chief of police in Tucson and my sister had a uh, five children and she still sing. we still sing together all the time nice. in fact we even perform together sometimes and yeah. they sang they sang on um, a record that I made with Glyn Johns the one before this one the last dollar record that I made called the record called We Ran they, my family's singing on that record
0: uh, I, I don't wish to be intrusive in any way but may we know anything about your personal life
1: I have two children I don't like to talk about them very much because it's kind of their business the children
0: okay. I mean, um, that's
1: why I don't go on the road. I, 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 I stay home with my children. I'm a, stay, I'm a stay-at-home single mom.
0: The longevity of your career has been so successful over such a long period of time. Why do you think that is?
1: That was so nice of the way you asked. I appreciate it.
0: That's all right. No, no problem at all. My pleasure. I <laughs>
1: just wanted you to know. I appreciate it. So anyway, continue. <laughs>
0: Thank you. Yeah, I was just talking about longevity in your career. Why do you think you have been so successful over such a long period of time?
1: well I, w- I wouldn't know because it, the culture's so strange I mean I think there's always talent in the gene pool and I think the culture validates things a, you know in the way that the culture does it, it, it's validating some you know basically corporate consumerism right now so.
0: yeah
1: <laughs> you know it doesn't have very much to do with art but um, I don't know I always did things that I loved and I didn't ever consider whether they were going to sell I just recorded them you know they said to me, when I wanted to, I mean, in 1980, I just I t- didn't find songs out of American pop culture that I I was in that I was interested in. I just mm. didn't find them. And I really had all of these things that were more I felt were more authentic to my singing style, you know, stuff that I'd heard before I was eight years old at my home in Tucson where I was growing up, like you know, operetta and opera and. My brother, who was a boy soprano, and a lot of traditional Mexican music. So in 1980, I just, I just couldn't sing one more rock and roll song or do one more rock and roll tour. I just, I, I, I just felt like I was dying artistically, and I was just miserable. I hated it. It wasn't giving me any satisfaction whatsoever. So I, I went to Broadway because, um, because I went and introduced myself to Joseph Papp, who is the guy from yep. the American Public, uh, from the uh, New York Public Theater here, who's a brilliant theater man, and. Thinking in my naivete that he would just I would just go and say, Would you give me a job you know and he, and he would he had no experience at all are you going to do any
0: more movies or Broadway or opera, Broadway no, or no, opera? i'm not
1: interested in movies at all I, I never was interested in movies i didn't like that experience at all, and i didn't think we came out with a very good movie of that particular show, which was a wonderful show on Broadway. It was really adorable and it really was not good in as a movie but i it got me out of it me out of rock and roll and I i just thought God I'm free I, I, and then when I was there in New York I started becoming interested in American jazz standards and I got an opportunity to work with Nelson Riddle who is you know one of my main musical heroes and I think he's one of the most important things figures in this century in pop music I think he kind of dwarfs everybody else he and Frank Sinatra just kind of and George Gershwin, you know, and the, those great composers of the first 50 years of the century, I think, just yeah. kind of eclipsed everything else that happened in the century. So I was really, really lucky to get to work with him. Started really singing when I started doing that, and then I, and then that earned me the right because that stuff was successful. It kind of earned me the, the right to, to uh, do as I pleased, you know. And mm-hmm. I, so I started doing Mexican traditional music, and I made a show of that and took it to that. I also took that to Broadway eventually, but but I toured the country with
0: that twice. The versatility that you've shown has made it difficult to categorize you as a musician. How do you, do you see yourself as folk, or country, or jazz, or opera? No, I just
1: see myself as a singer, and, and that I, there are certain songs... I mean, we use art to help us identify our feelings and to process our experiences, and I've always looked for the song that would do that for me at that time that was also authentic to my musical Expression, you know, to my true musical expression, meaning that if I didn't hear it before I was 10 years old, I can't sing it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I don't want to, ta- I mean, I can, but I won't be able to convince you very well. You know, I'm a great fan of this woman, Yanka Rubkina, who sings at the Bulgarian, radio and television choir, you know? Do you know who I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, I just think she's the best singer I've ever heard. But, you know, and as much as I love her and as much as I would love to be able to sing the kind of music that she sings, I think if I started singing to you in Bulgarian right now, (laughs) even though I might be able to make some of the sounds she makes, you wouldn't be very convinced. (laughs) But, you know, I love it with a passion. I mean, she makes me cry when I hear her sing. But, um, actually, I'm I'm going to sing with her, but I'm going to sing in English with her. You know, it's just... In my own career i've I've settled on the things that I knew you know they say to writers write what you know well I sing what I know.
0: For many years there's a lot of focus I mean you're a beautiful woman. Do, do you find that as you've got older that you know the focus has been more on your music and you prefer that?
1: I prefer that I mean I, I was I, I don't think I was blessed with natural with a lot of I wasn't beautiful I was cute but I, you know I wasn't a, I wasn't a, a beauty I don't think my sister was. And Emmy is certainly a beauty, I think, and it, you know, meets every description of a beauty. But I I don't think that that was what my focus was, but I think that that's what became, it just, it coalesces around you. And I don't think it's important now, and it's a wonderful Mm. thing. It's like a great freedom. You know, I'm 53 years old. I get to be 53. I never, it's an odd thing in this culture, again, where people try to hang on to youth or they try to hang on to, they don't go through their ages gracefully. They they extend them in an inappropriate way, I think.
0: Have you succumbed to the knife? No. You wouldn't do that? Not
1: if I have. You don't want to hire my doctor, honey.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you don't
1: want to get him.
0: <laughs> you once performed for Jimmy Carter. Have you performed for the Clintons? Yes. Maybe no I, more.
1: I mostly stay out of that kind of... I mean, I, I quite like President Clinton. I think he's gotten kind of a... I don't agree with him always about politics like I didn't agree with him about expanding NATO into Central Europe I think that was a terrible mistake and I don't agree with him about bombing anywhere you know because I don't agree with it but but I, I, I like him as personally
0: have you ever fancied politics yourself no why is that
1: well because I the same reason I don't elect I don't wire my house or okay. my pictures
0: <laughs> point taken how satisfied are you with your career because you've done so much?
1: Well, I'm very satisfied that I've got I've had the opportunity to do the things that I wanted to try to do. I, I don't think a lot of what I've done has come as up to my own artistic standard, but that's you know something I worry about in the middle of the night. Um, but I, I feel very privileged that I've gotten to, you know, when I called up and said, hey, I'm going to go sing with Nelson Riddle, and, you know, the president of my record company said, oh, I think it's a terrible idea, and I went too bad, I don't care what you think, I'm doing it anyway. And it turns out he was such a fan of Nelson Riddle himself that he came to the sessions and he was enthusiastic about it. Artistically, even if he wasn't enthusiastic about it commercially, and I was very fortunate to have that. That was Joe Smith, and I'm extremely grateful to him for that. But it gave me a chance to break away from the mold, you know, and to break out of a culture that I didn't think identify, you know, was representative of who I, who I am, or how I think, or how I feel about music. So, um, I can't remember what your question <laughs> was.
0: I wondered how satisfied you were with your career.
1: I, I'm satisfied with the opportunities I've had. I'm not always satisfied with with how well I did something.
0: Is there anything you haven't done which you'd like to do?
1: Yes, I'd like to have the satisfaction of knowing I was a good mother, but I won't know that ever until my children are grown and married. I don't think I'll see that. Really? Well, I'm 53. I don't know. You know unless they get married when they're 15 or something. I'm
0: no sure thing, you They li- don't
1: do that. <laughs> <laughs> well, they wait till at least 20.
0: <laughs> I'm sure you live I mean, well. I'm
1: 73, I suppose.
0: Have you ever wondered what you would have done if you hadn't become a successful singer?
1: Um, no, because that's all I ever did was sing. I sang when I was two, you know, I mean, I I didn't, I was too naive to realize I had not figure out how to make a living, I think. I just Mm. always, I always could make a living singing. I started singing and people would give me money when I was 17. You know, so I thought, well, I make enough money to, for the week, you know, I'd get $30 and that would be plenty. (laughs) And then I'd get $100 and that was like, wow, $100 for a week, this is a lot. And then... You know, stayed like that for a
0: long time, and then pretty soon it was a little more. If you could start over again, would you do the same things again?
1: I would go straight to opera. Oh, would you? Yeah.
0: Why is that more satisfying than the other forms? Mm, uh,
1: no, I, I don't know. I just love classical music, and I just love opera. And I, I realise that it's, you have spent a lifetime learning to sing it, just like I've had to spend a lifetime learning to sing this, and I would have trained as a classical singer, I think.
0: Well, after you're gone, how would you like to be remembered?
1: I don't know <laughs> I don't know I wouldn't know how to answer a question like that
0: for which aspects of your music do, are you most proud of then
1: um, I think the best singing I did was on a record called uh, Frenessy that I made it's uh, it's a Spanish language record it's 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 a lot of um, Latin American uh, it's the equivalent of jazz of, of jazz standards in Latin America at the same mm. time that, of the Nelson Riddle things I think my period really is the is the 30s, 40s, and 50s. Right. That's musically how I feel most, where I feel most comfortable. You know, I mean, in terms of songs that are singers' vehicles and you know that I find the most satisfying. I, I like those. I love to sing in Spanish. Uh,
0: you you say that you won't be touring anymore, certainly not in the in Europe anyway. Um, oh. But do you think you might come over on private visits to the UK, or do you do you not do that? I hope that?
1: so. I mean, you know, I I feel like I have this cultural resonance with, you know, this genetic resonance with with, with, uh, with British culture and also with German culture. And it's something I'd like to bring my children to see. I, the problem is when you've traveled as much as I have, travel is never a pleasure, you know. Yeah. Someone wants to describe travel as an expensive way to be uncomfortable. Yeah, good and I, I think that pretty much sums it up for me. So, it just depends. I mean, I'd love to bring my children, they're a little young right now, to go out around and be trotting around to museums looking at castles and um, traffic's gotten so bad in London, I just, last time I was there, I was just tearing my hair out, you know? So, <laughs> but I love London. It's just, I love it, you know, but I, it's just so full of traffic. So I live very quietly. I live, you know, in a very small city and...
0: Where's that, roughly?
1: I live in Tucson, Arizona. Right, yeah. That's where I grew up, and I, I live in a little, you know, I live in a little place. I have a garden and some goats, and I live right in the center town, and, you know, I take care of my children. And I find that after the life I've had, that to go out into all of that is very overstimulating, mm. and it just... <laughs> i just go i don't know what to do i feel like i'm standing in the middle of traffic and i don't know how to get to the side
0: is there is there anything in london or the uk that you haven't done or seen that you'd like to
1: oh everything because the only times that i was there of course we were working and i was just i was so exhausted that i could hardly get find the bed by the time we get finished working
0: a lot of your fans british i mean what percentage would you say
1: i have no idea I mean, I have no idea. You know, I mean, we make these records and we give them to the record company and they take them and put them around, you know, for all I know, they take them outside and run over them with their cars, you know. (laughs) (laughs) I don't, you know, I just don't, I'm not, I wouldn't know.
0: Thank you very much. It's been a real pleasure to talk to you.
1: It was nice to talk to you. Thank you very much.
0: Thanks, Linda. Bye-bye.